0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. Cowboys crushed. How bad's the NFC East? Cowboys still favored to win the division. Kansas City wins at Buffalo. They're favored, too. Favored to win it all, win the Super Bowl. And finally, World Series, first pitch tonight. It's the number one payroll, the Dodgers, against the fifth lowest payroll Dodgers 70% almost to win it all. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host RJ Bell. Give me The pregame show America has always wanted. I From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell.
0: You heard it. I'm RJ, live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday and live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Big day here. Tuesdays, you think, maybe a little? No, no. Jam-packed. We got two hours of show, only an hour to do it. We're not going to be messing around. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. Now, here in Vegas, we're pros. In L.A., there's one Joe. He's the Joe, Jonas Knox.
1: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got not one, but two games on Monday Night Football to look back on and game one of the World Series coming up later on, what is the Vegas lead here on this Tuesday?
0: Yeah, we'll do a good preview on the series, but the lead has to be the Dallas Cowboys. Now listen, I love the Cowboys. Now luckily, we won our five picks, three and two. So last 13 weeks... 11 winning weeks, one push, and one loss. It's pretty solid, but man, oh, man, Dallas wasn't even in it. It shocked the heck out of me.
1: Yeah, it was a wipeout on Monday Night Football in Dallas. It was the Arizona Cardinals all over the Dallas Cowboys. 38-10 the final, an ugly one for Jerry Jones and company.
0: Yeah, and as we said in the headlines, though, still the favorite to win the division. Uh, I mean, obviously, some of this is is pure math, right? I mean, the the kind of math that makes people drop out of like community college, but still, math and Philadelphia, obviously, struggling. They are plus one hundred and fifty. So a hundred wins you one hundred and fifty on Philadelphia. Washington, I don't think struggling is the word. Ten to one, still Giants, ten to one. Cowboys are actually a minus-money favorite. You bet 105 to win 100. You literally have to bet more (laughs) than you win on the team you watched last night on Monday Night Football. You know, Jonas, I'm going to quickly explain the rationale (laughs) because I'm not sure. I know it was wrong. I'm not sure how it was so wrong. On one hand, Andy Dalton adjusted the market downward about five points. The assumption from Fez, the assumption from many people, experts I trust, was about three points. So right away, if that's the only reason, you probably bet Dallas off the two points of edge. So with your eye test, how do you rate uh, how Andy Dalton did? Because his stats weren't that bad.
1: Uh, It's not. Yeah, the stats weren't bad. I don't know if it's it's easy to do the Dak versus Andy comparison. I don't know that any quarterback is going to save them from that defense. That defense, and and they've got, you know, high-priced free agents on on that defense, guys that they went after, guys that they signed, drafted, paid, and they look terrible. And I, I don't know that the quarterback makes the difference, honestly. I think it's easy to look at that game and go, this is exactly why Dak Prescott deserved to be paid. I I don't know that that's the case at all. I don't think I don't think Dak or Andy Dalton is good enough to overcome what that defense puts him in uh, every single week. Seemingly this season.
0: I mean, maybe if Terry Bradshaw could play linebacker, he would have helped. (laughs) Maybe. But, but you know, what's funny, though, and we talked about this and, you know, listen, if we're ahead of the curve, we're going to take our quick bows and move on. But. And and let's give you know. Let's to me, my job is to aggregate information. Right, I want to consume, and you do a wonderful job of that in the mainstream media. I try to do it on the gambling side more, and you know it, it's a it's a wonderful thing because if you're listening, you know you, most of you don't have time to spend three four hours a day reading you know i have the tough job of listening to podcasts you know I, I, that can get uh, gru uh, you know that can get grueling that third <laughs> podcast in a day right but the fact of the matter is it's not it's consuming the info and then it's deciding what matters and i don't listen every week but when i got the time is middle who's on the herd podcast network mm-hmm. associated with colin yeah. and he about 3 weeks ago was just really just ranting against Nolan, the D.C. for Dallas. And I came on here, and I had not heard any national guys talking about it. And, you know, maybe we were just randomly a day or two ahead, but in the next, like, three to five days, I heard about 19 people talking about it. And, again, perhaps it was they just happened to listen to Middlecoff after we did, but— to me, it feels like that at minimum, we were out on the curve on this one. And, man, that seems to be the, out ahead of the curve. This seems to be the only story that people are talking about is just how bad the defense is. And could it be these players or must it be the scheme? Because these players aren't that bad.
1: Yeah. I look, there's, there's real talent on that side of the ball. And I'm glad we can, we can acknowledge that we got, or I can be a part of getting something right when it came to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Cause I've been wrong on them all year wrong on them before the season. I was wrong last night. I was wrong in game betting last night. I was terrible. I kept going back in and looking at that defense. I came away from there, even though Dallas is the favorite still to win the NFC East. I, I, it, Based on what we got to watch last night, the idea that that team is a playoff team just seems bonkers to me. I, I can't even believe it.
0: Well, remember, the favorites, uh, and, and you know this, but to clarify, is uh, some of it is going to be how good the teams are. Yeah. And some of it is the mathematics of Dallas having a lead at this point. And, you know, when Philly doesn't win games and Dallas doesn't win games – It evens itself out. I thought, I mean, in a very pathetic way, but still, even, (laughs) evenly pathetic. (laughs) I'm RJ Bo straight out of Vegas, unrelated, is I disagreed with Colin today. He led the show, The Herd, and was talking about uh, Jerry's too nice of a guy and that he's a horrible owner. And it's always the question I like to ask is what is the game? Right? So we were kind of shocked, but not really, that last week Alex Smith was the favorite to win the comeback player of the year, even though he had one of the worst games we've ever seen a quarterback have. And what we concluded was you're betting on a vote, and the vote is going to be emotional, sentimental, not objective. And thus, you better handicap that. If you're handicapping who's the best player to come back, you're, you're handicapping the wrong game. Right, it's like saying football is won by yards. No, it's won by points. So, yeah, and what is an owner's job now? As a fan, I want his job to be to win, his or her job be to win. But I think their job is to uh, increase the value of the franchise. Agreed, it's a business, and that disconnect can be a problem oftentimes. But if you ask these guys now, again, if you got fifty bill, maybe it doesn't matter. But usually, those guys that make fifty or the guys that care, but or twenty bill, but to me, Jerry Jones is maybe the most successful owner.
1: I agree. Right? I, I mean, he I, he's got to be. I, I can't name many better owners than Jerry Jones, because yeah, they haven't won in a long time, but when it's all said and done, we're going to look back on what he did uh, from a business standpoint. We could go on and on, but also at the end of it, you could do a lot worse than three Super Bowls Yeah. At your time owning a team. So yeah, but,
0: uh, fair enough. I, you could make the case if you, cause I agree with you and we can set it aside because as a fan, I'm not as interested in business as I am. Yeah. And wins, but I don't. The owner is not obligated to have my perspective, right? You can dislike him if he doesn't. That's fine. But I think if you look at Jimmy Johnson and at the cusp, let's say the day of the first Super Bowl, is if you would have said what's the over under for the Cowboys Super Bowls in the next 30 years, I think they fell short. You know, give him credit for the Jimmy Johnson hire. Right, no doubt. Yeah, but they could. I mean, they, you kept Jimmy Johnson there. They win maybe two more. I mean, at least one additional one you think, right?
1: Yeah, I, I would think, and and there's a lot of parallels between the Shaq and Kobe era. Had they stayed together, but those and are both it players, out? yeah. and so and so this is a lot of that is on Jerry Jones. But I think in totality, when you just take a step back and look at w- what he's accomplished, uh, I, I think he's been one of the more successful owners in the history of the game, if not the most successful.
0: and again, I think on the business side, you're absolutely right. And we can debate the other side. Uh, I mean, to me, Colin, beyond that, had some very good points because his rationale was Jerry's too nice. And I don't know if it's nice or if he just loves stars. He loves big names. And even though they're not the biggest names, he he doesn't want to lose a name, it seems like, because for him, there's the business side of that, I guess. But like we've said, I mean, for uh, six months when the Dak thing was going on, we said, why would Dak really even want to sign with the Cowboys? And people said, RJ, what do you mean? It's like the whole NFL is a, is a salary cap league. And effectively, how good you are is on each transaction. How much cheaper than the market did you get that player? So when Tom Brady was signing for, let's say, $5 million under the market in New England, the theory was that transaction was a $5 million win. Or maybe it was even more than that. Okay, because he was maybe worth more even. And then they sign a long snapper, and he's a $200,000 win. Well, for every Belichickian-type move that he made, Jerry Jones would pay 20%, 15% extra. Obviously, Zeke extra. And that's why it never made sense to me, the whole Dak conflict. And it still hasn't. I haven't seen any reporting that – shines light on that but in general Dak's desire to be in Dallas should be directly if it's just about winning should be directly correlated to how effective the Dallas Cowboys are accruing talent and Jonas I would make the case that they pay money for receivers then they pay a premium and net net and let's give them credit for getting Tony Romo undrafted right mm-hmm. let's yeah. give them credit for getting Dak in the fourth round other than that I don't know how I don't know which home runs they've hit either with coaches
1: or with players and also they really did luck out with Dak Prescott. If you go back to that draft, he was option four. They wanted Carson Wentz, but Philly took him. They wanted Paxton Lynch, but Denver jumped ahead of him and Jerry Jones was really upset about that because he was really high on Paxton Lynch. They wanted Connor Cook and it was Reggie McKenzie and the Raiders who jumped them and drafted him. Dak was just sitting there. They drafted him and then because of injuries, they had to play him and they ended up winning 13 games. They were fortunate to hit on Dak, it wasn't like they identified him as as you know uh, somebody that was a, a gem in the draft that they could that they couldn't pass up on. They tried to get other quarterbacks, they whiffed on him, and Dak ended up saving the day and actually made them a viable franchise the past couple of years.
0: So first off, kids scoring at home. That's the podcast list, and just rattling off who the
1: potential <laughs> quarterbacks
0: were. I mean, all joking aside, was that something you scribbled down, or that was just from memory?
1: I just, I just remember it. I,
0: I yeah. mean, like a savant almost. Jonas, <laughs> I, just,
1: I need to get a life. No, really I love it. it. No, don't get a life.
0: You'll lose a job. You got to keep no light. No, but here's the here's the thing, and let's wrap with this. Well, let me quickly comment. But is there any pick after the second round that you can't say the same thing? I mean, do you say the same thing about Russell Wilson?
1: Yeah. Do you say the
0: same thing about Tom Brady?
1: I would the only thing that I would say though is with Dak it was really we have no choice we have to play him and then he ended up saving the day
0: well that was the same thing when Brady went in when Bledsoe got hurt see I just pulled that one out Ooh, yeah, well, that, now, wait, that was easier Never
1: but mind. but I also but I also think when it's similar to Brady but when it comes to the Russell Wilson Seattle identified early on they had Matt Flynn no no, no that guy's better instead of the guy we paid let's go with that yeah. guy Dallas really had no choice much like New England. that's
0: probably how bad Flynn was because Romo was pretty good at that <laughs> I mean it would have been insane I mean if you're if what you're saying is they should have sat Romo I mean you know come on right so I agree with you they've made every pretty much bad move Dallas has that they can make you gotta give them credit they did pick Zach just or uh uh just like Dak I'm sorry but just like Brady got picked and just like Bledsoe went out and you know what actually let's give Dallas one more iota of credit in this regard if I remember now and Jonas you probably remember better Tony Romo was pretty much ready to go at the end of that year
1: yeah right? he there was there was talks about how much longer he was going to be playing yeah. yeah
0: but but what I'm saying is he was ready he could have came back in at the end of the year right yeah
1: yeah, he. Uh, but I think they made Health the wise. decision. Yeah, they made the decision that they were going to stick with Dak Prescott, which um, is a
0: strong decision.
1: Yeah, no, that and, and it was that's why the comp to Brady and and uh, uh, is is very fair because the Patriots made the same decision. Bledsoe came back, he was ready to go, and Belichick wanted to ride the hot hand and then made that choice to go to Tom Brady.
0: Yeah, and if I remember, there was a Steelers game that Bledsoe played a pretty important role in on the way to the yes, Super Bowl. Yes, yeah. I don't. I try to forget that one. <laughs> (laughs) All right, so here's the wrap, and I'm going to hit you with one last pretty amazing fact. One is Dallas, as an organization, as you know if you're listening to this show, probably has not made even a conference championship since 95. Jonas loves the results. Not as much for me, but I will say this. They obviously won some Super Bowls before, but now you give them credit for Dak, obviously, but otherwise— they're just overpaying for seemingly everybody, and in the long run, that doesn't work. They are still favored to win the East at minus money, and here's the closer. If you look at every game played this year, every game, DVOA, Pro or uh, Football Outsiders, literally the one, two, three, four, five, the sixth worst game of the season was Dallas last night. The only teams that's played worst, Cleveland. Denver, Giants, amazingly Cleveland again, and the Jets. Only the – imagine this. <laughs> this game last night from Dallas, based on DVOA for outsiders, was worse than every Jets game except this week. The Jets against Miami was worse. Every other Jets game was better wow. than Dallas. Wow. Case closed. Fire, McCarthy. It's, it, it can never be too y- early for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When we come back – there was another game. Oh, just a favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think there's something from Kansas City that encourages me even more and something from Buffalo discourages me even more.
1: He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue our recap of a doubleheader on Monday Night Football.
0: And, Jonas, I'm going to shock you within a minute about how concerned the Bills fans should be. Great day to join. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support, and we'll keep working hard to have the best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas or R.J. Bell. Right now in Vegas, on the Strip, 90 degrees, the neon is churning.
1: So, R.J., following their first loss since November, the Kansas City Chiefs went into rainy Buffalo last night and took care of the Bills 26-17. to 17.
0: It seems to me, and tell me if you agree, that the Kansas City Chiefs are in a mode that they can turn it on and off. And you might say, well, it's lamentable that they lost the Raiders game. No doubt. But the concern about turning it on and off is when you need to turn it on, it's not there. And so far, they've had two premium matchups. And they've been dominant in both. Baltimore, obviously, on Monday night, domination times five. And I say a pretty handy, on the road especially, they handled the Bills handily, I think. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. No, that, yeah, they looked uh, pretty dominant, especially uh, running the football all night long.
0: Yeah, 245 yards, 5.3 per carry. Remember, counting stats, eh. It's about volume, right? But when you are getting 5.3 per carry, let me just do a little thought experiment. First down, 5.3. Second down, 5. Oh, first down, right? You're doing pretty well. And then if you have the best quarterback in the league or a minimum, one of the best, I think most people think he's the best, Mahomes, but let's say he's top three. Right? Well, if you got that running game, a pretty decent defense, And a defense that's really effectively trended up since midpoint of last year. And remember, they had a new D.C., so it took a while. But since then, it's been excellent, Kansas City. I'm not sure. And let me uh, ask you to play devil's advocate, Jonas. If not Kansas City, who's the best team in the NFL?
1: Oh, geez. You can't say Green Bay now. Um, No. some people would make the argument Seattle, but I still think Kansas City's far better than Seattle.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll talk about it as this week progresses. But remember now, Seattle has had a shocking number of touchdowns relative to field goals. And, yeah, Russell Wilson's going to be better than the average person, quarterback at that, but not as good as they've been.
1: And, and I'm not sure that Pittsburgh's not better than Seattle. Uh, I think I would take Pittsburgh over Seattle right now, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, though. Uh, Steelers lost the uh, Michigan linebacker. Yeah, Bush. And, I mean, he remember now, when Shazier got hurt, that was a huge blow. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense did not play the same for, for a year and a half. Yeah. Because their weakness was in the former guys of the Steelers, they were – sort of slow in the middle. Remember it was Harrison on the outside and inside they had a guy named father time was his nickname. So not necessarily fleet of foot, but the reality is as the league changed, they were smart enough to the Steelers to draft Shazier. And he was one of the prototypical linebackers that could tackle, but also cover that you need for tight ends and running backs. And when he had that, you know, career ending injury. And what a shame for him as a person, obviously, but uh, even more so obviously, but the Steelers, it was a tough break. Then they use a number one pick. If I remember right, they traded up. And now in the middle of this great year, I mean, let's you're going to have losses. I'm going to be interested to see how the Steelers respond to that. You know, I think that dismissing the Ravens, not necessarily as the best team, but I would actually pick the Ravens as the second-best team. And one game in which you play so bad, well, tell me the team that hasn't had that game. Yeah. Right. And and again, obviously, Tennessee, though not super respected. Obviously, Steelers, we'll see. I mean, in a perfect world with the Steelers, Jonas, and I am a fan, but in a perfect world, Big Ben gets to be 90% of what he was – before his missed year, the receivers are better, so now the offense is as good and the defense is better, that team is one of the favorites, right? I would agree, yeah. It's just there's a few ifs there, but there's maybe half of the ifs, half of the question marks I think we've already addressed, right? Entering the year, about half of them are gone. Got to give Tomlin credit. I've been a critic of Tomlin, but – Obviously, he's a good coach. I just haven't thought he was a great coach. And I didn't feel like he was growing as an uh, in-game guy. Like, to me, his in-game decisions have always been poor. And I'm not one to talk about in-game decisions. You know that. Yeah. They were that egregious. But let's give the guy credit. He's still a young guy. I mean, relatively, compared to NFL coaches, and the fact that maybe last year losing Big Ben matured him in a way, I was just listening. I can't remember the show, and we're straight out of Vegas, in which they were talking about Belichick in 2000, uh, the year after the Super Bowl. Right, that would be 2003, if I remember. They had a really bad year. They didn't make the playoffs, and for them, obviously a bad year. And Belichick has said many times that that year taught him so much that the team You know, he benefited and the team did for the next, you know, almost 20 years maybe Tomlin learned some lessons because the Steelers really haven't been bad like they were. I mean, they got to the 8-8, eight eight, give them credit. So I'm an optimist with Pittsburgh, but to, to swing it back, I think Kansas City is the number one team, and the only thing that could make you think otherwise is if you don't account for the fact their, their motivation is very questionable in many games. And to be honest, I hate that. But you can't act like it's not the case because when they need to turn it on, they turn it on.
1: Yeah, and also they were down in every playoff game a year ago. I mean, they were trailing and had to come back. And And I don't know that that's necessarily – a recipe for consistent success but they were able to pull it off in the playoffs i have wondered about that too why do they get down in those big games a year ago and then in certain games this year they come out flat which is you know a a, a letdown obviously uh, or maybe they're not taking it as serious as you pointed out because they did win the super bowl and to your point on pittsburgh being legitimate or or at least in the conversation amongst best teams in the nfl Remember, uh, last year, that was the first year after they lost Ben Roethlisberger, Hall of Fame quarterback, Antonio Brown, potential Hall of Fame wide receiver, and Le'Veon Bell, who was one of the best backs in the NFL. I don't know a lot of teams that would lose all of those players in the same uh, certain amount of time and still their coach had them, if it were today's playoff format, in the playoffs a year ago with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. I mean, they were a, a good team last year. Ben Roethlisberger, at at the very least, is a significant upgrade at the quarterback position. I, I think I think it's really promising for him.
0: Yeah, I think significant needs a better adjective. <laughs> <laughs> a, a double significant. Yes. Now, uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Lev, uh Le'Veon was the year before, right? He sat out the in eighteen. But yeah, you're right. I mean, over that short period of time, wow. And you know what? I think and I'm I listen, give GM Kevin Colbert a massive round of applause when it comes to receivers. He might draft receivers better than any other team drafts any position. Right? Yeah. I mean, like who I mean Maybe give Green Bay a quarterback, but they've only, you know, they didn't even draft far, I guess. Right. So I I mean, who's even in the, Who's even discuss in nope. the discussion?
1: Nobody that position they've identified better than everybody, whether it's Mike Wallace or it's uh oh. San Antonio Holmes or it's Antonio Brown. Or,
0: Remember, he, when they drafted Brown, they got Sanders, you know, with San Francisco yeah. now, yeah. and uh, I'm having a metal block, the super fast one that ended up going to Miami. Uh, what yeah, Mike Wallace, yeah, Wallace. yeah, yeah. I mean, that they were three guys, I think, in this either the same draft or one year after each other
1: yeah they've been and chase claypool is has turned into a monster um i i'm not uh, juju smith schuster since antonio brown left he's clearly not the same guy but having chase claypool there on that offense just brings a different dynamic and they just again another guy they identified in the draft he got there was rave reviews at training camp about him and then you know he's got what six or seven touchdowns in a two-week span i mean he's been he's been amazing the past couple of games
0: And final word on Pittsburgh, to me, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's a sense of scarcity, the passage of time. You know, if we were, you know, that's the thing about immortality, right? If we live forever, time wouldn't mean anything. It's like, you want to spend 10 years, you know, playing Nintendo, who cares? You live forever. And what we know for sure is we don't, and we know for sure that quarterbacks or any athlete doesn't stay in their prime or even in the league forever, and I don't know the over-under, but I'll tell you this, if Big Ben were playing in the NFL, so this is 2020, and 2022, so not next year, but the year after, if he even was on the team, I'd be very surprised. And maybe I'm just predicting the drop because he's taken so many hits, but whatever the odds of him playing, the odds of him being even above average or even slimmer. And uh, this is it, because the idea we saw Rudolph, right? They liked Rudolph. Remember, they traded their number one pick after Big Ben went down. Now, look, Fitzpatrick's been a great trade, but boy, if they went three and 13, that would have been a nightmare. Yeah. So, so they must have believed in Rudolph and man, were they wrong. So, finding a quarterback, listen, I lived through, and I like uh, specifically <laughs> uh, Mark Malone because I did years of hits with him uh, on his radio show back in the day. But the fact is, I lived through Cliff Stout, Bobby Brister, Mark <laughs> Malone, and Neil O'Donnell. And I can promise you, uh, Tommy Maddox. And when Big Ben came, Listen, I don't – when a guy's an adult, you shouldn't wear – in my opinion, I'm not the type to wear jerseys when I'm, you know, 40 years old, 45. You know, I've never – I don't think I've worn a jersey since Terry Bradshaw. Maybe on Big Ben's (laughs) last day I'm going to get a jersey because that guy gave the city. And that's the thing about a great quarterback that stays in the same place, and most of them do in the NFL. Drew Brees, I mean, he's moved, but, I mean, many years. It gives you – like 15 years of joy if you're a real fan. And even if you don't get a Super Bowl, I mean, we got two, but even if you don't, and I can't relate to not getting them, so I won't even say, Jonas, but I, I, think, I think it still would be fun, Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. As, as long as your team's in the conversation for eight, ten years, even if you at the end of it, if you don't end up winning a Super Bowl, I still think that's a successful run.
0: yeah see, I don't know about that. So maybe I don't know. As a Steelers fan, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I tell this story once a year. So this it's about thirty seconds. So I was actually lucky enough to go to the Super Bowl with Arizona in Arizona. And, oh, I guess I'm sorry. It was in Tampa against Arizona Steelers, and that was the great Holmes catch, right? And in uh, James Harrison on the return. And there was a guy we had not great seats. Right. And there was a guy who walked up. He was an old dude, like 70, maybe he had a t-shirt and it was homemade. And it said, super bowl nine, 10, 13, 14, 30, and 40. I was there. (laughs) Now that is a bad shirt, baby. Speaking of that and winning like crazy, there's a Bill Belichick stat that will literally blow your
1: mind. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: How much better do you think Jonas Bill Belichick is than the second best coach in football? Uh,
1: like, how would you
0: quantify it?
1: Jeez. Oh, um, I would say, much like. I said about Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph significantly better.
0: Wow, that that I can accept. All right. <laughs> check check this out. If you go back a hundred or uh, two hundred and fourteen weeks, meaning weeks of season, this goes back to two thousand two, November. All right. And the question is, how many times is a team, in this case the Patriots, had a losing record week five or later so week five if you your two and three that's a that's one right we uh, week seven you're three and four that's another etc cetera, etc cetera. this week is the first time since 2002 <laughs> that wow. the Patriots have had a losing record week five or later wow now during that period they had ten times with exactly a 500 record meaning entering the game they were Three and three, four and four. And they had 203 times they had a winning record. (laughs) One time this week, losing record. 10 times, 500. And 203 a winning. By the way, how many, quick guess, how many do you think the second best team, the team with the second least number of losing weeks had? Patriots won.
1: Oh, God. 10? 45.
0: Wow. The Steelers and the Ravens are tied with 45, and first place is Belichick with um one. Yep. Unbelievable. Even more, maybe, than Big Ben. When we come back, it is the first pitch of the World Series. We got the odds, and we got some tips.
1: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Vegas!
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., game one of the World Series, first pitch a little over an hour from now on Fox between the Rays and the Dodgers. And right now on pregame.com, L.A. is just under a 160 favorite.
0: Yes, in game one for the series, L.A. minus 210. So almost a 70% chance for the Dodgers to advance. Uh, I find it fascinating. The Rays' fifth lowest payroll, Dodgers' highest payroll, the whole Billy Bean dream has actually occurred with the Rays. Not, you know, before, right? What was it, 2008? Yeah. Uh, So as much as I love that, you know, Bean was one of the first or the first perhaps you could make the case that was – running a team as an analytics guy that was looking to zig when other teams zagged. And that's really what markets you have to do. What are people valuing? And you got to go the other way. If you can't outspend or at least spend at parity. And the fact that it took Billy bean to figure that out, uh, give the guy a ton of credit. You know, he's an example of, uh, I think similar to Steve jobs, right? Steve jobs. Wasn't a great designer. He wasn't a great uh, computer engineer, but he had the cross-section of abilities that allowed him to have great engineers and great designers do great things. Billy Bean wasn't a math PhD, but he understood it enough to get the right guys to do it. And you could make the the case Tampa Bay wouldn't have done what they did without that Vanguard Billy Bean. Uh, If you look at this whole opener versus starter stuff, uh, in 2019, pregame.com research on this, six times as many openers uh, as opposed to the starter than any other team in baseball. Quickly, Jonas, what do you think of that concept?
1: Uh, The concept of Billy Bean and just sort of the uh, small Uh, market approach. I was speaking more
0: on the opener, the idea that this guy's not starting, but he's going to go through once because it's interesting that Kershaw has actually done really well in the playoffs the first time through a lineup, but after that, he hasn't.
1: Yeah, it's it it is, and it's funny to see how the loyalty and how everything is done so differently in the postseason. To where even the Rays in Game Seven, Charlie Morton was dealing; he was at about fifty something pitches, and they took him out. It, it's just it's odd to see how bullpen usage and starting pitchers are used in the postseason. I still sometimes scratch my head, but I'm not really you know up to speed on the yeah. whole analytics of it.
0: And the last thing I would say is this: I said it last week. Is when you let Kershaw getting in a situation where it got in his head that he messed up I believe it could affect him tonight I don't want the Dodgers tonight myself maybe later in the series
1: if you missed any of today's show you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com for an amazing stat on the dominance of Bill Belichick we are back tomorrow 6 p.m eastern time 3 o'clock pacific right here on Fox Sports Radio out of Vegas.